0: It's podcasting time. My name is Jonathan Isaacson, and this is the Just Another Jerk podcast with Dispatches from Japan. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this. If I'm not on your favorite platform for your casting of pods, let me know, and I'll do my best to get on that platform as well. Now, obviously, I live in Japan. If you haven't figured that out yet, you haven't really been paying attention. I'll give you a pass, but just this once. So I live in Japan, and one of the images of Japan is that it's this super advanced country where robots do everything, and everything's up to date, just like in Kansas City. Now there's a joke for you Rodgers and Hammerstein fans out there, but anyway, if you Google uh why is Japan so... And in the search bar, the autofill options I got when I did that were, number one, why is Japan so expensive? Why is Japan so clean? Why is it so safe? Why is it so quiet? Why is it so windy? Why is it so different? Why is it... Number seven, why is it so advanced? So it's, it's not at the top of the list, but that image is definitely up there. And I'm here to tell you, that's a lie. Japan is not advanced. Not in the way people think it's advanced. This isn't some technological paradise. It's far, far from it. Now, maybe that was the case back in the 80s and early 90s. I mean, sure, things like the Walkman, uh, mobile phones, video game consoles, yeah, those, those things... Japan was an innovator for a lot of those things. And, you know, things like robots, LEDs, Japan has made huge accomplishments in those areas. But other parts of day-to-day life? Nah, man. Japan is not technologically advanced. I'd argue it's actually kind of behind a lot of the rest of the world in a lot of areas. So let's go back in time just a little bit to the immediate post-World War II era. Japan was, at that time, rather like what China is today. At this time, you know, this post-World War II era, Japan was making a lot of low-tech goods at a pretty cheap price. So a lot of goods that were cheap were made in Japan. All of that started to change in the 60s. And on into the 70s, Japan really started to build higher quality products. Things like cars, motorcycles, other technological developments followed. Uh, Japan introduced the first 1G mobile network in the world. So for mobile phones, I mean, I think we're now just getting to 5G. Japan launched the first 1G mobile network in 1979. So yeah, yeah. At that point, Japan was kind of at the cutting edge. The Sony's Walkman was also released first in 1979. Japan was a real leader in technology in this era. Uh, Nintendo, the Famicom, what was redesigned and rebranded as the Nintendo Entertainment System, NES, in the U.S., was first released in Japan in 1983. This is the era people are really thinking about probably, when they're thinking of Japan as being this super high-tech place. I mean, I recently saw an article in the Washington Post. Uh, It's called, what is it called? Uh, Work from Home, they said. In Japan, it's not so easy. Uh, Written by Simon Denyer. And in this article, which points out lots of low-tech aspects of Japan, as well as cultural aspects, that are an impediment to Japan asking employees to work remotely, Uh, Do telework, as it's called here. And the writer wrote a line that I think is apropos. Uh, What what Simon Denyer said was, despite a bit, despite despite Japan's high-tech image, it simply isn't set up to work from home. Like the hare in the fable, it often feels like a country that raced headlong into the future and then, in 1991 took a nap, and let everyone else overtake it. I don't think that's 100% accurate. I question whether or not Japan was ever really that technologically ahead of other places like the U.S. or Northern Europe. I mean, look at Finland. Look at Sweden. Places like that. But I think, by and large, it's a reasonable assessment of Japan. So, if you come to Japan in 2020... And spend any length of time in places other than Akihabara, so Akihabara is this mecca of tech and anime things. So if you're an anime otaku, uh, an anime nerd, the world over, you probably know Akihabara. So Akihabara, sure, lots of tech, lots of tech stuff, lots of uh, consumer electronic stores, but yeah, other places in Japan really not so high tech let's talk about some of the decidedly low-tech things here in Japan. And we'll start with one that a lot of people laugh about when they get here. The good old fax machine. Yep, Japan still uses fax machines in 2020. Now, not as much as when I first came here, uh, you know, I guess, what, that's almost 16 years ago, But yeah, you can still buy fax machines at places like Yodobashi Camera, which is one of the big electronics and appliance stores. And while most of those fax machines are plain paper machines, you can, yes, still buy rolls of fax paper, those big old rolls, at regular home electronics stores. Probably have to ask for it, but they still sell it. Now, one reason that fax machines may have held on so long here in Japan is the hanko, or inkan. There is a a difference in the two, but they're often used interchangeably. And so the hanko is your personal seal. Anyone who spends any length of time in Japan as more than a visitor has a personal seal. They're small. Mine's probably, what, seven, eight eight centimeters long, about one centimeter in diameter, but it's really, really important for daily life in Japan. It functions more or less as your signature functions in places like the U.S. and Europe. Other places, I'm sure, too, but though Europe, U.S., that, those are my frames of reference. For a document to be official, it must have the actual hanko, the actual red ink imprint of your personal seal. No copies. So, you might fax someone... An official document, and then they'll have to stamp it with the seal, take it to the city office, the bank, wherever. Needless to say, this makes electronic signatures impossible. So you cannot complete official transactions entirely by email. There must be a physical copy of the document at some point. I can see some merit to this. It helps as a safeguard against the fa- a failure of big data or something like that but it does mean that a lot of transactions take a lot more face-to-face interaction than might otherwise be needed. So one document that absolutely requires your hanko is your job application, your resume. No big deal, right? So you can't apply online. Eh, A bit of a hassle, but all you need to do is print out another copy of your resume and application, stamp it with your seal, and send it, right? Nope you need to send a handwritten resume to each job you apply to. And you shouldn't use whiteout. So best practice is to write in pencil and then trace over that with black ballpoint pen and then finally go over the entire thing with an eraser. Make a mistake on the last line with your pen. Start over from the beginning. One more time. While it's not every single, last, single, final, every company in Japan that wants handwritten resumes, it is still the majority of places. Handwriting still counts for a lot in Japan, despite the fact that once you start working in an office, everything you do will be typed. So that's another thing that's kind of old-fashioned here in Japan, the handwritten resume. I've had to do that a few times. It's kind of a pain. So finance is another area, in general, that's not terribly advanced in Japan. Oh boy, where to start on this one? Well, let's start. Cashless transactions. Cashless transactions have been kind of slow to catch on here. I'd say in the past year or two, they're finally starting to catch on. But this, they're still probably a lot less common than, the U, than in the U.S. Something like Venmo or those kind of cash apps they're not really around in japan i think line pay it's a it's a cashless option offered by line which is the biggest instant messaging chat app in japan i think it has i think line pay has something like venmo but i've not used it personally so i can't really say for sure so yeah like the cashless japan's kind of been slow on cashless Uh, However, Japan has long had a different kind of older form of payment between two regular citizens, and that's called the furikomi. I can go to my ATM and transfer money to anyone in Japan's bank account, provided I know the correct account information. I use this function regularly. It's in fact how I pay my, my rent. I pay directly to my landlord using furikomi. And so... Japanese ATMs are fairly advanced I suppose but they close That's right the ATM closes at night which seems a bit crazy that kind of seems to defeat the purpose of an ATM but in Japan it not actually banks in Japan often still close at like 4pm so an ATM being open until 8pm means that people who are stuck at work until you know even 4:30 can they can still withdraw cash which is important in a country that still operates largely on cash so yeah banks are full of things that seem really outdated and so one I want to talk about here checks you know personal checks they're not really used at anywhere at this point but you can still go to a bank in the US and cash a personal check pretty easily yeah Japan has never really, well, ever used checks. But they can still process checks at the bank after checking with their head office and consulting with their giant binders full of rarely used bank transaction information and then charging you a fee that's almost bigger than the amount the check was written for. I mean, seriously. I once got a check from an elderly relative for my birthday. It wasn't a lot, and I knew that cashing it might cost more than the check was written for. It ended up not being the case. I didn't have to take a loss for cashing a check. But in the end, I really didn't get much money to take home from it either. I wouldn't have cashed it, but that would have thrown off the relative's checkbook. And like I say, older relative, just easier to cash it and get it done with. So I went through with it. And it took something like a week. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that's really in Japan not being advanced? But banks certainly are not up to date by international standards. The majority of banks, which are still regional banks, have little to nothing available for online banking. I mean, sure, the biggest banks, the ones that do international and corporate banking, they have online banking. But the majority of the citizens of Japan are not using those banks. Another thing just kind of in general about Japan, computers are not, they're just not that widespread here. Certainly not to the extent that I think a lot of people imagine, which is one of the points that Simon Denyer made in that Washington Post article about Japan not being prepared for remote working. That is really, really true for schools. I was just on the news, I think it was last night I saw, there's one device so I would think they're either talking computer or tablet, one device for every five point four school children, not enough to do online classes for young children. Most schools are not technologically advanced in really any way, shape, or form. Universities are a little better, probably than primary and secondary schools. I mean, my my university has Wi-Fi throughout most of campus and students are given a notebook computer upon matriculation. Of course, the majority of students don't really know how to use them to their fullest, but at least they have computers and Wi-Fi on campus available, which means I can do online activities for homework, tests on the computer, things like that. When it comes to troubleshooting most of the time, I have to solve the problems for the students. They can't often figure it out themselves because they've just never had the opportunity I think a lot of it, a lot of these issues come down to the fact that many people in Japan, computers just aren't a part of their daily life. While I've seen numbers saying that Japanese households owning computers is on par with a lot of other countries, it certainly doesn't feel that is the case. Everyone uses a smartphone. Again, they might not be the best at troubleshooting if something goes wrong, but they have smartphones. Of course, those are issues that are probably true no matter where you go about the troubleshooting. There are a lot of people who can't solve computer's problems to save their life, regardless of where they live, regardless of how old they are. Certainly, in a lot of places, computer use usage is still a privilege, and computer literacy just can't happen in those places. But... Even things you would think would be beneficial to those involved on online presence for even small businesses or stores, those things just aren't standard in Japan. There are still a lot of businesses without a website of any sort. You have to rely on Google searching or Google Maps to get even basic information like what time the store is open, things like that. And there are lots of other little examples, things like carbonless copy paper, Japan loves producing handwritten documents in triplicate, still. And yes, of course, you have to stamp at least two of them with your personal seal. This isn't to say that Japan isn't high-tech in some areas. Because absolutely, Japan is high-tech in some areas. Trains are an obvious example. Even if we still use paper tickets in places like Tokyo, where every single turnstile is has an electronic scanner, but whatever. The Shinkansen, what many people in other countries know as the bullet train, the Shinkansen is still an amazing technological marvel. And they do keep improving it. So it really is great cutting edge technology. The Shinkansen running straight north out of Tokyo, when it runs between Utsunomiya and Morioka, two largish cities Going north, it runs at 320 kilometers an hour. That's about 200 miles an hour. There's a maglev being developed uh, that's between Tokyo and Nagoya, and it will run at over 500 kilometers an hour. Over, that's 300 miles an hour plus. Shinkansen trains are expensive, but they are so nice. They are absolute technological wonders. I would much, much rather take one. Than a plane, whenever possible. So yes, we do have super high-tech trains, and we do have techno toilets. I mean, I know it's become fairly well, uh, fairly well known that Japan has super toilets. These are toilets with built-in bidets and butt washers. In Japan, at least, these are separate. The bidet is the bidet setting. That's for the lady parts, and the butt washer is for well your butt. There is usually a seat warmer as well which is useful in what are usually unheated toilet rooms. Japan, just in general, doesn't do central heating. The toilets uh, also have on them something called otohime, which is sound princess. That makes the sound of water running in the creek or some other nature sounds to mask the sounds of your own running water many units also have a deodorizer function as well so yeah go techno toilets so japan though it does run the gamut on toilets you have the super luxurious techno toilets all the way down to squat toilets over a hole in the ground and i'm sure there are other things i'm missing um, things that i at this point i take for granted having lived here in japan as long as i have i mean led lights uh it's another one japan has very good led lights but the bigger point still stands. Japan is not this technological wonderland that so many people have the image of it to be. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes, though, like in this current coronavirus situation, it is proving to be a bad thing. Right? We can't telework very well here. Go, say go check out that Washington Post articles. It is it say I don't completely agree with everything, but I think by and large it's it it, sh, it has some good points. I mean, but yeah, in normal times, the slightly low-tech ways, they have their charms and there is often a rationale even if you don't like it. And after you've been here long enough, I mean, they just become par for the course. Things you don't even think about anymore, which if we're being honest, it's probably true of where you are, wherever you are. And I think I'm going to end it, end it there. If there is something I'm missing from either the high-tech or low-tech side of Japan, let me know on Twitter or email or wherever you can find me. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review, share, sneak onto a friend's phone or computer to download and subscribe, whatever it is you can do to help the podcast out. You can find the Twitter for this podcast at just another cast. You can email questions, comments, suggestions, whatevers to just another jerk podcast at gmail.com. So on that note, I'm out. Peace.